0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Jacksina Coaches Off the Cuff. And today we are going to
1: start our conversation um, to get us to get us kind of thinking about where we are with the school year um, based on an article that Jackie found in the English Journal, which is a publication from NCTE. And this article is titled Teacher Clarity. It's about purpose, focus and
0: letting go. Let it go. (laughs) Let it go. No, that's all. As far as I will go with that, Um, I was flipping through the magazine and came across the first line of her article. I am a recovering curriculum hoarder. Mm -hmm. And that spoke to me a little bit. Did it speak to you Baker?
1: Um,
0: to a certain degree, Mm -hmm. I think that I am not so
1: much the physical hoarder. I know that we've kind of talked about this before. There's another part in this article that talks about how physically full the classroom was. That kind of made me cringe, Mm -hmm. but I have Google problems with like Mm -hmm. the drives and the shares and the stuff and the, yeah, yeah.
0: I have my laptop saved from 2015, 2016, (laughs) like, yes, I have issues virtually for sure. So I could relate to the idea of hoarding. Um, And the other part that kind of popped out at me when I started reading is that she the author took her what she was learning in her personal life and flipped it over to her professional life. So personally, she got connected with Marie Kondu um, and her idea of tidying up, which I know is something that you appreciated. Yes.
1: So Mm -hmm. I love this idea. Whenever I can kind of link my personal life with my professional life, that really means something to me. And um, I'm becoming a minimalist at heart at my in my home of getting rid of the toys (laughs) and sippy cups. And um, socks. Mm -hmm. So I am trying to declutter all of the things at my house. And so whenever this author, Patty Forrester, started talking about um, Marie Kondo and the um, decluttering my classroom, decluttering my um, files and maybe even decluttering my lesson plans a little. That rings true for me because
0: simplifying my life is really part of trying to strike a balance for me right now. Absolutely. She um kind of goes into this idea. I liked, she said, I cared about my students and I cared about my family, really cared, but there always seemed to be too much to do, which I think Everyone in education can relate to that balance of wanting to do what's best for your for your students, but also your own world and your own family at the same time. I think that's not lost on us because just to
1: contextualize for people who are listening, today's the first day of school for us. That's right. And we are um, dropping kiddos off for for you um, and forgetting basketball gear. Yep, basketball gear forgotten. That's (laughs) happened. Um, For me, it's putting my kindergartner on the bus, and so Mm -hmm. striking this balance of the passions that we have at home and the passions that we have uh, in our professional world can be difficult for sure. And that trying to strike a balance is really what got Patty Forrester into this, Mm -hmm. trying to to grow herself in the classroom, to strike a balance there too,
0: um, to meet those needs of her students. So I think what spurred her was a cross-country move. She and her family were moving to a new state on completely other side, and she wanted to pare down everything she had in order to to make that move. And that included the things that would go into her new classroom. Um, and she'd been teaching same content, seventh grade language mm-hmm. art, same school for 17 years, mm-hmm. I think she I think notes. Was 17 years. Yeah. Um, so she had collected a lot of things, both physical things, and also just a lot of files and ideas. Um, so she kind of took this idea of tidying up her personal life and flipped it over into her professional world as an educator.
1: And what she kind of stumbled into was um, this line that I want to share. She says, my chest often tightened as I thought about the things I had carried with me for so long, Mm -hmm. letting go gave me room to breathe and discover what I valued most. And this concept of um, feeling at peace and feeling calm whenever we're focused on what we value most, I think, is a uh, a motif. It keeps cropping up in the work that we're doing um, of if we are following our values, we're
0: following our principles, the things that are most important to us, then we feel calm and we feel balanced. Right. If you feel like the work that you're doing is moving towards your purpose or your goal, then the time was well spent. So you feel fulfilled in that work and not overwhelmed by the work. Absolutely. So one of the things that she, I want to, can we kind of glide it right into
1: some of her curriculum talk now? Mm -hmm. We've talked a little bit about her personal life. It's a really interesting read. Um, but with, in regards to the curriculum, she really started focusing on this idea of having a purpose Mm -hmm. and narrowing and focusing that, that purpose. And some of the reading that she's, that she has been doing is similar to the reading that Jackie and I have been doing. And, um, so Jackie, some of the things that she talks about were um, student-centered teaching, mm-hmm. and this has been a big conversation in our office, Absolutely. <clears throat> understanding by design, which is a backwards planning mm-hmm. um, procedure, and then visible learning, which kind of was like, our favorite, ah, <laughs> because we have been um, Hattie and Doug Fisher um, groupies. Yes, that's
0: easy. Good way <laughs> to say it. <laughs> for, for a little over a year now in particular, and I think it might be a little out we of control. may or may not have stopped Doug Fisher at NCTE, but- followed him towards the men's bathroom. So we made Maybe. that pause. Well, pause there. We stopped. <laughs> we have yet to meet him in person. <laughs> there's there's always another conference, right?
1: So those conversations mm-hmm. that she is having um, at her campus and in her life that are circling around those same um, people that we are really fascinated by um, drew us into her story and helped us to follow this train of thought about seeking purpose and really narrowing down the work that we do to think about, are these activities, um, activities? Are these Mm -hmm. worksheets worksheets? And they might be worksheets that I've loved and there might be activities that I know my kids have fun with, but do they serve
0: my overarching curricular purpose? Right. Because every year she talked about how she would learn something new or have a new technique or get turned on to a new technology. So she would add that element into her pre-existing unit. So after 17 years, those units were super jam-packed. And although she was trying to make them personalized to um, her students, she realized that by never curating the unit and only adding two, um, she wasn't really accomplishing that goal. And I think we have to really talk about what it means to curate, Mm -hmm. because I can certainly go through and curate, and uh,
1: if I am looking for the things I love, I may Mm. still keep everything, (laughs) because I don't want to get rid of anything, because I still love it, and that's my filter for curation. Mm -hmm. But I think the true filter for curation needs to be um, purpose. And Mm -hmm. for her, like, what is my skill? And then
0: in companion with that, um, thinking about who are my students. Yeah. I liked her question, what is best for these students right now at this point in time? So this idea that you are tailoring the unit to meet the needs of the the real life students that are in front of you for that moment in time is super powerful. Which can change even with the same group of kiddos over the course of time of the school
1: Mm -hmm. year. Um, So I taught high school, uh, ninth graders and my ninth graders in August are very different than ninth Mm -hmm. graders in October because they have this newfound confidence because they know where the bathroom is or something. (laughs) So they've grown. They're so mature high (laughs) schoolers now. So um, we have to kind of keep our audience in mind whenever we're thinking about that, but also our skill set. What is the specific skill that we're focusing on? What's that content objective to help us to pare down? Because I have 101 activities for Romeo and Juliet,
0: and not Mm. all of them are about dramatic conventions. Gotcha. That makes us or takes me back to the times last year where we were writing curriculum documents without real life students in front of us. Um, And we spoke about this throughout that process about trying to take back our decisions to kids that we could actually think of that we had worked with or that we knew um, were on campuses. But that still makes the curriculum kind of, somewhat blind in a way like it's not completely blind but you are the eyes that are going to take that curriculum and then curate what is best for the kids that are sitting in front of you so you have a really important and powerful position that you're in to take the document and make it real for the real life kids that you're meeting today because this is your first day to meet them And that Mm -hmm. kind of leans into where she takes purpose a little bit deeper because when
1: we are connecting our purpose with the students that are right in front of us, it kind of allows us to set very specific intentions. Mm -hmm. What am I intending my students to get out of this? What am I intending to accomplish this week? And I wanna share part of this article that really spoke to me Mm -hmm. um, where she wrote, for example, this week I wrote in my notebook, be present with students, ask questions, listen, Tell two colleagues what I am, why I am grateful for them. Get up 20 minutes earlier to make lunches and green drinks on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give Lori more time in the morning on her early morning, on her early days. And I like that these intentions include students um, being present. Oh, my gosh, I love mm-hmm. that norm um, or that intention for, for myself, um, asking questions and then really specific That's kind Mm -hmm. of broad, but I'm going to find two people and tell them how they helped me. And then I want to wake up 20 minutes early. Those are very tangible intentions that narrows that focus of um, we need to read for understanding character. Mm -hmm. That's so broad. It's a purpose. But then what do I intend for my students to get out of this?
0: Um, I think narrows that scope. Yeah, I like I just was thinking like you go from big idea purpose to more more focused intention, which takes you to action. Because if you only live up in purpose land and we don't ever get to action, then that could also be an overwhelming, frustrating feeling. But we've got to translate our purpose into um, actions that we can really accomplish. I like that. That's like that. Um, aim, ready, fire. Mm-hmm. Like I,
1: it is that concept mm-hmm. of I have this aim. Okay, now I'm ready, and then I need to actually, I need to fire. I need to follow through. Right.
0: Um. Right after that quote, she has that part where she talks about I love carving out space for what's important. I do this by setting my intentions for myself and the learning experiences I will provide. Um, and so she both like the in her intentions focused on the lesson intentions, but also her personal intentions. And I, I just love this idea that you make out you carve out space for what's important and you start your time focusing on what's important and not on those extras. Um, when we only focus on the things that are extra or urgent, I think that's when we start to feel overwhelmed and like we're not very fulfilled in the role. I think that's when our curriculum
1: feels overwhelming Mm -hmm. and it doesn't fulfill the need of the student always. Because if we um, are so tethered to the things that we've loved and cherished, and we are not willing to kind of set those aside and be intentional with our actions moving forward, then
0: that can create that anxiety because there's just no space and time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, or the, like you said, the document itself can be overwhelming because the document is designed to meet the needs of lots of different types of students. It's not that every student needs everything in the document.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So there's a part in here where she talks about how um, this creates space mm -hmm. and similar to how I really liked um, where she talked about, like it allows you to breathe a little more mm -hmm. when I get rid of all these things, I could breathe more. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that this gave her some breathing room in her lesson planning as well. And it's something that I, I just want for our teachers. (laughs) I want them to be able to find that
0: space um, to
1: give kids authentic learning opportunities.
0: And she had really great success with it. She kind of talks about how she focused in on skill development and reading engagement for a particular unit. And she referenced Penny Kittle's terms, rigor and ease. So we both want to improve our students' skill at something, the rigor, but we also want to improve the ease at which they can accomplish it, which is going to be part of engagement, is going to play into that.
1: Well, and that's um, fluency. Mm -hmm. It is how easily we can understand and be understood uh, is so
0: much a key part of that. When she carved up that space, it allowed her to have space for student choice, for authentic choice, Mm -hmm. where the unit wasn't jam-packed with her making decisions For the next seven weeks, kind of at one time. But she had space and time for students to kind of help drive some of that instruction, which I think is what we all hope for. So, by saying no to some
1: of her worksheets and activities, she said yes to students making choices about what work they wanted to do to cement the learning that she was prioritizing for them.
0: Right, because for her, student choice was a part of her purpose. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And to quote your Christina isms, um, she has one that here in the office, we all like to, well, we've all taken it over and used it ourselves, but um, make your nose, I'm going to say it wrong now. Oh, make your (laughs) nose something so that your yeses can be enthusiastic. We have to say no. Make your nose firm. I I, I don't know if that's it, but I have to say no (laughs) so that my yeses can be enthusiastic
1: because I, we want to do something full wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we say yes to all the committees, and all Mm -hmm. of the cool activities and all of sometimes y'all even like
0: all the apps Mm -hmm. and did all of the alls Mm -hmm. we um can't do it to the best of our ability Mm -hmm. and i think you had told me earlier like it's not that you're saying no to bad things like sometimes you are gonna have to say no to things that are good and at another time may have been really useful and appropriate but they're not currently linked to the purpose of the moment so good um i really enjoyed her conclusion if you kind of is it OK to go to that? Side? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Sorry. Um, she kind of ends up at the bottom and she says, I learned that clarity is about purpose, focus and letting go, plus a little bit of patience. Mm. Um, and we have talked a lot personally about just having grace for ourselves when going through times of change or just even every day. Just have grace with yourself. The work we do is hard and making um, conscious change is also hard. And change takes time,
1: mm-hmm. and that's a concept that we that was addressed in this article mm-hmm. about how um, we need to just give each other and ourselves a little bit of that space as well. And that time is an opportunity that we have this opportunity, this fresh start, this school year, to um, to slow down and see where that see where that takes us. And just to, again, like you said, to have grace for ourselves. One thing that I think this opens that door for is um, that change is not always a bad. Thing. Mm-hmm. It's a growing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this movement that I'm seeing in some um, pockets of education about green and, green and growing, mm-hmm. that we are already thriving. That we are not, I'm not looking at Jackie and being like, well, you know, you well, could do some things about could use a little whichever. <laughs> <laughs> but we are already thriving. And there are so many things that we're doing that are good things that even mm-hmm. our spotlight teacher, teacher of the year, mm-hmm. um, needs to be green and growing. Because even though we're thriving now, we have new kids that just walked into our classrooms today and new circumstances. And then that, that concept of continuing to grow and being willing to do that is such a huge
0: part of um, honestly, what brings me back year after year here. I wish I knew more about um, planting things at the moment, but as you were talking, this idea of green and growing, you have to trim back in order to have the oh, next bloom yeah. came to mind. And I don't know the whole oh, details about why we do that, yes. but metaphorically speaking, if we don't take time to trim back, then we're not going to have that blooming time later. Like as to, be continue, to, to continue green and growing, it's going to take some of that curation. Absolutely. And if you link it back to purpose, as did Patty Forrester, then you have a good starting point for it. And we're not always trimming things that are ugly. Yeah. Sometimes you have to trim the good. Absolutely. So her her ending was, as a recovering curriculum hoarder, I have learned that the key to decluttering and finding balance for me is using clarity as my filter And clarity is a continuous process. So we are all a work in progress. And we certainly know that to be true for the two of us. Um, Thanks for joining us today. That was Jaxina and we are coaches off the the cuff. cuff.